What a beautiful setup. Beautiful. What a beautiful man in front of me. <laughs> Thank you for sitting down. We're on a rooftop at The Slow in Bali. We just come off a weekend, didn't Cheers. we? Cheers. Cheers, man. <laughs> Pleasure to meet you this Water, weekend. Water, not vodka. Water. Of course, we wouldn't be drinking vodka right now <laughs> great way to start this anyway uh thanks for having me appreciate yeah, pleasure, it pleasure 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 um so what, is, what are you most charmed by at the moment alan 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 does photos on his instagram of him with animals to promote conservation uh yeah basically if if you boil it down to the core of what i do is my job is to take selfies with animals but i've <laughs> i've made it into my own career yeah, path, yeah. I guess. and hopefully that will inspire people to reconnect with the wildlife and environment that they're surrounded by so it's about respecting it and treating it with dignity how did you stumble upon this Oh, this is, um, I guess, okay, stumbling upon this, yeah, it happened, but I guess it just, it completely felt right. So I won a competition for Tourism Australia to be, it was the best job in the world, hmm. and it was like a six-month, all-expenses-paid trip to Australia to showcase why you were the perfect person to create stories and document and bring buzz about Australia. Yeah. And I entered the competition. There was like a quarter of a million entries, and luckily I won the competition. Holy shit. Um, it was like a kind of game show style, like getting down top 25, top three, and then actually winning in my category, which is awesome. Um, made my mother proud, which is always good. <laughs> and through that, I was in Australia, like constantly in, constantly in the wildlife parks, in the nature parks, national parks, outdoors with tour operators, just in really remote places. Mm. And I guess I just came across wildlife every now and then throughout all these adventures. I tried to take a picture of the animals, but since I'm obviously like so obsessed with nature and being outdoors, I'd like stay for 40 minutes, an hour, just hanging out with them. And they would get curious, saying what's going on here. And eventually they get so close they wouldn't fit in, my, in the camera lens. So I just flipped the camera around and took a selfie. Right. And that's exactly how it all started. So from that to then 200 selfies to a collection, and then, then that the imagery was just so kind of alluring that mm. that's what it went viral because they to me they look like your mate like <laughs> in the yeah, same way we yeah. take a selfie with our mate in a pub you you're saying, <laughs> like, it looks they look like your mate and quite often they look like they're smiling too yeah yeah it, it's that personality i think that's what that's what other photographers weren't showing through like the personality aspect and i guess this was the only way of capturing it it's that moment of curiosity so when the animal's heads down and then obviously some kind of sound it's like oh what's that and I guess that was when the moment I was capturing, which makes it look like it has a peak, speak, like a peak of interest. Or do you do you like film and then just cap, gr capture the greatest still from it, or do you just trigger happier? <laughs> no, it's uh, it varies. You kind of now I've learned to the point of when's a good time to trigger happy. Yeah. Be it like yeah, high speed shutter. Yeah. But um, it's 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 just that feeling of when you when you the camera captures just some beautiful moment where it's two two synced smiles two animals just hanging yeah. out <laughs> basically the question who's the bigger animal um but people's reactions to it are phenomenal like mm. i just couldn't comprehend 
how it made people feel and how it inspired people. Mm. So through my work then, people have been like, oh my God, you've cheered up my day so much. It was great to wake up to this picture. Your videos make me smile so much and you've inspired me to go to a rescue shelter this weekend and I want to go down the route of veterinary medicine and I want to hang out with animals. So it's, it's really good. That's powerful, man. Very good. Just by enjoying your engagement with animals. And what, what do you think it is about nature and animals that lures you in to connect? I guess... I don't know. On it's the, not alluring, but no, no, no. But on the inside of me, on the inside, I just feel like I have this like, like when I'm when you go camping for the weekend, you kind of it's you're out of the city. You feel like there's like some vibration. I feel from mm. nature, and you just get this this awe moment. And life's just pretty good. It all makes sense. There's no like there's no rat race. There's no hustle. There's no kind of I don't know cramp in your style. <laughs> you know, it's, nature's it's, in sync with you. Yeah, man. There's a resonance, isn't there? Yeah. Because we're essentially our nature. And we're, there's a gigantic severance from our nature, right? With, the, with these innate objects, concrete and brick and stuff. So that creates this disharmony without our own being, right? And yeah. So when you get immersed in nature, like even... I swear down, there's no problem on my shoulders as soon as I'm immersed in the water in the ocean when, you, when you're oh, swimming you're in the fish. ocean you're a little fish yeah I'm a little fish <laughs> <laughs> but you, it washes away all your troubles it's hard to get down when you're in the ocean right that's true that's very true <laughs> have you ever try to be depressed when you're in the ocean <laughs> <laughs> no but mm, there's a point at which I guess if you're already feeling depressed before you get in the ocean then mm. you could potentially go over mm. the edge mm -mm. but it's um it's probably because you're you're instinctively kick into this not survival mode but like a di very very distraction m moment of now mode and mm. maybe that's what the body of water does to you because mm. well, for one thing it's kind of rare to be in immersed in a full body of water unless you live by a beach and mm. life's perfect mm. but uh, otherwise I'm sure a lot of people don't get to swim all the time mm. so that's mm. kind of a moment of bliss mm. you must be in a moment of bliss at the moment just doing, <laughs> doing your absolute dream job wondering about the globe you're living in Bali now aren't you uh, I'm going to stay here for the two months of the visa that they'll let me and right. then we'll see what goes on from here but I feel like right now here in Bali there's a lot of like not so much problems but like but like I feel like there's vibes and energy compared to let's say America or Australia like society does work sometimes it's a bit crazy yes but I feel like it's it's more about money and kind of insular energy people kind of stick to themselves mm. here people are just like chilling out in the streets vibing there's like stray dogs running around <laughs> like it's kind of like there's there's not there's not much red tape so mm. you kind of feel like you feel this energy and it's gives you a smile can you tell me a bit about your feeling about australia in that sense without dwelling on too long because it is a somewhat conservative and uninspiring <laughs> but no it's a beautiful country it is it is it is but i've i've found the conservative nature of it a bit exhausting recently in the culture the country itself is spectacular and a lot of people are amazing but do you feel the resonance there is not that supporting I think it comes down to okay obviously you fly into the country you land in a city airplane you get uh, either closest accommodation and you're basically in the thick of consumption which is what that society is built on not to say that like Bali is all about consumption too everyone has to eat and make a living and work but I guess it's the fact that 
it's just such a clean cut environment and maybe it's it's just I feel like there isn't or maybe I didn't go looking for that community spirit enough mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a community spirit yes. there yes. but as an outside tourist mm. I feel like maybe that's the slight thing that's missing compared to why there is so many digital nomads and tourists yeah, yeah. here in Bali because maybe it's built for them maybe it's because everyone's from somewhere else here at least that the, could be it yeah I mean the Caucasian population or the traveller population oh surely if you grew up in like Gold Coast in the Gold Coast I'm sure you have mates from school everything yeah. like that like you're a part of the scene mm. and I guess it's it's harder to tap into a scene when everything just kind of works and there there's no um, what's the word I just want to find this outside buzz or something like a, acceptance of outsiders I guess mm. is that what it is I Are think people- so I mean like I, I I grew up in London so I never felt like I was from a sh- like I always felt like I was from somewhere else wherever I stayed so it, it I'm comfortable in a place where lots of people are from somewhere else because they're, they're, there's something embracing about it. And and when you're in a locals area or like immerse yourself with people that live and have grew up with their school friends and stuff, it's got a kind of a... It's You, you don't have the same... <laughs> you know, like when you go and go visit your schoolmates, yeah. you've got this great feeling of like brotherhoodship or like we, we, we get each other. We grew up in the same part of town. And it's like that when you hang out with people that travel. I think. Oh, okay, because they're also seeking the same kind of energy and openness. Yeah, and they're, they're willing, home. They want, they're looking for experiences as opposed to being bored at home. Yes. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I want to hear about a bit about what your feeling is about the social media environment and and the difference between the presentation of ourselves on social media yeah. and what how we behave in actual life and yeah well i guess straight off the bat coming across this instagram initially okay now it's exploded with popularity instagram initially was all about photos so there was a million well there wasn't there was a lot of photographers on board and then they introduced video and now that's a very loud bike. <laughs> so they've introduced Instagram has introduced video. That's been probably I I don't estimate two years now at this stage, and like fast forwarding now to video, it's like literally they they much prefer video as a post of content mm. because it increases. Obviously, if the video is amazing, it'll increase your screen time on the app, and that's what they want you to do, and they want you to keep scrolling, keep looking. So they are more, they give more preference to videos. And for me, personally, what I've felt and kind of seen is that based off of engagement and people resonating with you, it's purely through video because you're getting your, you're getting your, like people can hear what you sound like. They kind of get to feel like they know you. Basically, they're your mate, they're your friend without ever having ever met you. And this is probably why YouTubers are exploding in popularity because... It's just them talking to a camera, but it's like your friend. Mm. And I guess that's why... I guess that that is the direction of social media now. And it's it's opening yourself up to that vulnerability, I feel. What, what, do you find yourself limiting... Sh- like, do you feel like you go through something and you go, oh, I'd like to share this, but then you don't because you've got to adhere to... Or you feel like you have to adhere to a particular style of posting uh you mean through personality yeah like personality. On that? For, for, yeah um basically if 
if I wasn't true to myself and how I'm talking or how, or what I'm saying. So basically, right now, you're recording this podcast. Sure it's on video. <laughs> it's beautiful. I just walked off the beach. But I don't, like, as long as you're just, you're just being you, you know? And that's true to yourself. And as long as you're so comfortable in your own body and how you sound, then people are going to respect that and get a joy and a kick out of listening to you. Mm. Because if you're living a life where when you're, you're posting these fake... I don't know, either you're shouting all the time or you're pretending you're putting on a persona. Mm. I think that's what, again, will probably fester inside of you because you're not being, you're not being true to yourself and eventually that's going to eat you from the inside mm. uh, when people meet you in person because they're not who they thought you were. And it's quite exhausting, isn't it? I've definitely done that at times. Like, um, f- feel like someone wants a particular something from me. Like in terms of your energy that you give oh, out, okay. you know what I mean. Yeah, like yeah. if you put out a fun energy for a few weeks, and then you, then one week you're not feeling so fun, <laughs> they cut, people come at you like with a big grin, like ready for fun. Well, they're delighted to meet you. <laughs> they're like, there he is in real life. No, I mean like, but for friends that you hang out regularly. With. Yeah. No, I wanted to. I guess I wanted to touch on basically one people. Like I don't feel like people fake who they are in like online as much as people think but it's more so maybe probably in more in this case the lack of personality people are putting out there because i feel like some people could actually just be too shy to post or to talk in a story mm. or to actually express their feelings because they feel like they're being judged they'll be looked down upon and that's going to make a mockery of them and make them feel bad it's interesting but in actual fact it really works in the polar opposite because people will resonate with you and if you think you've got one this one particular problem i'm sure there's thousands of people out there that have the exact same problem but that they were too shy to talk about it right how do you get past the boundary of cameras on not performing you know like because it there is somewhat of a performance obviously when when you capture yourself for social media like if it be a video or whatnot yeah do you have a do you have trouble getting past that boundary of... I feel like I'm genuinely excited to meet people and talk to people when there isn't cameras on anyway. Hmm. So I would be the same. Yeah, maybe it's like, okay, the camera's on. Let me just put on this extra little sprinkle of... Uh, of <laughs> sugarcoat this a little bit more. But um, but yeah, I, I'm... I'm Staying, I feel like I'm staying true to myself because mm. I'm not second questioning what it is. Mm-mm. But yeah, what I mean is like you don't feel like you because for me it makes me not be myself so much when it can, if, if I feel like someone's asking me to perform, you know, you know what I mean. Like if someone's if someone's got a camera on you, hey, do do a joke. That doesn't make you. That doesn't make you. Ah, expectation, expectation. <laughs> Oh, okay. No, that's the difference being, yeah, between being forced. Um, if you want to become comfortable on a camera, there is no other way than literally just having, it's just you and a camera and it's facing you and you start talking to it and eventually you just won't care. Right. And you'll start thinking, well, in my eyes, I'm like, okay, this is just another person. Just see through that lens and you're talking to a people because it's the message you want to try put out there, I feel. Yeah, I hear that. What do you think psychologically is going on in one's mind when they're not being their authentic self online? It's pro- like, do you think there's a lot of people out there that are doing that? Uh, 
I mean, it depends. Authenticity, we've got to kind of got to break down what that is. I mean, your true, your true self or... Well, really, I hope it don't rain. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're fucked if it rains. <laughs> all these cameras are outside. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. I'll help you. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> Might just chuck it under the table. You mean like, okay, these top YouTubers. Are yeah. you talking about that? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, for example, like, do you watch PewDiePie? No, I've heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, maybe the reason why he's so popular is because he just doesn't give a crap. And that's what really matters. Because he's being him and it's real. And mm-hmm. Well, I feel like it's real. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the feeling, I guess. Mm. And I, feel, I don't know. If you're just... If you're just Actually, there are a lot of drama YouTubers. Mm. Like, I've, like I'm, heard, I'm sure you've heard of, like, this whole Jake Paul, Logan Paul, yes. and all that stuff. Um, I'm sure, and I've heard, that some of it is faked. But maybe they're just doing it all for the views. Or maybe they've got a mindset that it's like, I don't really... This isn't for the fans, this is for the views. Or maybe it's, it's, it's to get the views for the fans or something. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really know because right now like morally I would feel terrible if I was trying to fake something because it wouldn't be true to myself mm-hmm. that's how I feel anyway because mm-hmm. I'm trying to be a, like an honest person mm-hmm. so what on your journey right now what scares you the most like is there anything that comes up in your life fairly regularly and is like oh that troubles me <laughs> <laughs> Oh. What's your current challenge? My current challenge? Mm. Oh, you're, you're in I such don't a feel like that you ain't got any. <laughs> no, I, I feel pretty good about where it is. I guess my challenge being wildlife-centric would be like, oh, am I producing enough stuff for my fans to showcase wildlife? I guess, actually, my biggest challenge is probably the speed at which I produce content to help people. Mm. And... Right now, maybe I feel like I need help. That's mm. pr- that's probably mm. it. So, like, uh, my challenge is minuscule compared to other people's out there, be it, like, health-related mm. or... Actually, going back to health, this is what is. It's forced happiness. This is what actually happened on YouTube so many times because okay. a lot of people were quitting. Okay. And... It was because they were just forcing happiness, being like, I'm having a great day. Oh, my God. Let's go to the water park. Let's let's go buy a sandwich in the shop. This is amazing. Like, (laughs) you know, like it's the most mundane thing ever. But they're trying to act like it's so super good uh, to keep, I guess, engagement up. But but I've I've seen a few videos where it's 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 touched on a mental health angle. Yeah, mm. I, yeah. You should have said mental health first, and then I would have got it more. Right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Yeah. So maybe it's the um, maybe it's the fact that in the back of their brain they've got a community that they know they have to feed. Yeah. And if you don't feed that community, it's like it's the start of the, it feels the like your body's shutting down because you haven't fed it, and you know it's it is a little thought in the back of my brain being like, oh, I have to attend to my fans I want to I want to cheer them up I want to keep them happy um, and it's it's to the point at which when you let go of that and just start being you and if you obviously they want stories and posts and stuff like that but those just should feel right as opposed to forced wow that's a, a lot of pressure if you like if you it's something because it's a 24-7 feeding situation so it's, it's you, you feed it as much as you need to feed your stomach with food like put the, the degree to which you put out content Right? Yeah. You got to keep 
feeding yeah feed the not feed the beast but like <laughs> you know yeah. and then there's that constant pressure of like okay is this good enough and okay like will this will my followers engage with this or am I just like is this of quality enough and maybe you are second guessing and maybe that's what's hurting me on the inside mm-hmm. perhaps but as long as are you feeling hurt no 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 I feel good Valley's cool there's a lot of animals here and I guess that's why I, <laughs> another reason why I came over here mm-hmm. that's my first time here as well mm-hmm. what animal is your favourite animal you <laughs> with the curly hair great but what animal out there in this world if you could say that's going to be my best friend from now and it could talk what animal would that be ah well hands down it's the quokka it's my profile picture oh right like what would it speak like you reckon (laughs) what would it speak like what what would it what would its energy what would its emotions be it's pretty happy chirpy little guy oh hey everybody good to see you oh life is good I don't know. Yeah, I reckon that's pretty much it. <laughs> oh, what's what's going on, yo? <laughs> yeah, they're pretty happy. The quokkas are known as the happiest animal in the world. They're on a little island off the west coast of Perth in Australia. And uh, they've got this big, massive grin across their face. Looks like a permanent <laughs> smile. And I feel like if they could talk, their energy would be just as good. Wow. You should... Because they only live there, right? That's the only place in the world they live. Yeah, yeah. They're based... Oh, there are some on the mainland. But they're so, I guess they've got so many predators that they kind of really keep to themselves. Mm-hmm. But on, on Rottnest Island, where they live, there's about 12,000 of them, and they've no predators. Right. So it's, um, it's, it's all hands for humans. Be a great pet to no. hang, hang around with all, all the time. Kind, yeah, kind of, but I guess they need... They need to be free. They need, Pets are let, let, them, let them be free, and it's better to observe and hang out with them than to lock them up in a cage. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's definitely your message. <laughs> um, what, about, what about a dolphin? Don't you like dolphins? I love dolphins. They're great. They're, They're hard to take selfies with. They're quite fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Streamline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever tried to get a selfie underwater with a dolphin? I have, actually. Uh, I haven't. I really need to... Yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> What's the most extreme animal you could get a selfie with? Like, have you ever gone a gorilla or a cheetah at full pace in a car? <laughs> Oh, I'm sure the car wouldn't even catch up. Nah. Uh, there was a grizzly bear in Vancouver. Whoa. Yeah. But I'd say in this in particular, this was a this was an ad for a mobile company. A company, uh, yeah. I won't say their name. I don't want to promote them. But anyway, you can probably <laughs> just Google grizzly bear Alan Dixon. <laughs> um, anyway, it was partially domesticated, I'd say. And this grizzly bear is used in movies, on movie sets couldn't tell you the movies um i couldn't even tell you what my mind was thinking at the time but i can't even tell you what my own name is anymore <laughs> but i was i was pretty scared it's like imagine a like a, a, a transformer car that comes to life but it has some personality <laughs> that you don't know if it'll crush you or not like you'll be could be in a car crash you might come out alive i yeah. don't know yeah. it licked me on my neck whoa and uh, it's very good very good. The Did most it? the most dangerous kiss I've ever received. <laughs> and um, and then yeah, sniff on the neck and snap the photo. What what animal would you most want to kiss? That's very bad bestiality. <laughs> I am in no way that uh, inclined to animals. Right. Let's just put that out there. I, would, I mean, like I kiss dogs. 
Okay. No, I'm not talking about like a romantically, just like kiss on the lips. Like, fair, I like fair. the look yeah, of yeah, those yeah. lips. Well, well, speaking <laughs> of lips, uh, in in Okinawa, there's these little spider monkeys. Yeah, and um, I guess you can you can there's a little vending machine for pellet monkey food, and you put that in, and you get your little ball, and they all hang out by the vending machine, right? Because they know that's the, where the magic happiness comes from, <laughs> and uh, you can put a pellet in, in between your teeth. And hold it there. Oh, fun! And uh, they'll come up and eat the pellet out of you because you can force kiss a monkey. <laughs> so There's a video of it on my Instagram <laughs> at Daxon. <laughs> what animal is like most like your personality type? Ah, uh, oh, what's your spirit animal? Probably, probably these monkeys. I'd say mm. spirit animal would probably be a lion. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, what was the first one? What a, mon- a monkey. monkey, being me? No, yeah. What? what <laughs> no, what's the what's <laughs> what animal is most like your personality? Oh, a monkey. They're mental. <laughs> yeah, life's good to be mental because otherwise, if you're too normal, it'd be mundane. Yeah. Or maybe I'm losing, lost a few nuts of the screws, like <laughs> spanner in the system. I don't know. <laughs> don't even know what's broken up there. <laughs> one of those things. <laughs> you know, when you kind of can't put your words together when you like either under pressure or talking to a really cute girl yeah maybe yeah maybe that's how this hopefully I'm, I'm a cute girl <laughs> no you're not it's the cameras it's the viewers not you <laughs> you know there's a cute babe on the other end um DM what, me <laughs> slide in what's um your what scares the absolute bollocks out of you what makes you go holy fuck I don't want that to happen right now this rain <laughs> shit life's pretty good um, that's it it could be more so the fact that alright so there's this guy being me that sticks his head beside all these animals and it is what if they really do freak out and then bite my face off <laughs> that would be the most horrific thing to think about I guess but you kind of can sense that being beside them like I wouldn't just go have you? Yeah, has that ever happened? Uh, maybe a dog, through excitement, yeah. tried to nip me or something yeah, like that. Yeah, but yeah. otherwise, I've only been sneezed in the face by an alpaca twice, and it's <laughs> it, it just stinks like shit. Because they regurg- they have four stomachs, and they regurgitate their food from one stomach to the mouth to the other, and it's cud. Yeah, yeah. And then if they feel in any way kind of not threatened per se, but pissed off with you, they'll sneeze in your face. Sneeze in your face. It's so funny because it's it's kind of cheeky because it's like saying it's, it looks like an accident. Oh no! Like, well, but no, but if I sneezed in your face, you go, "Oh, it's an accident. You can't stop a sneeze." So that's yeah, you can direct it in a certain way. <laughs> that's <course>. true. That's <laughs> true. No, these alpacas know what they're up to. <laughs> ah, John, I love the idea of sneezing in someone's face. <laughs> that's a human. Ah, John, that's terrible. <laughs> Yeah, they don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so tell me, along your life journey since you got born, mm-hmm. what thing stands out as the most significant kind of growth point or pivot in your life? And does anything jump out and for what reason? Yeah, definitely. There was... So my perception of fulfillment, I guess, was always this kind of creation of something and a showcasing of either something arty, something tangible that you could show someone and give to someone and make them smile. Mm. And that's basically the premise of like you giving a gift to someone. Mm-hmm. But through the aid of cameras and technology, you can document something, create something, show something as a video form and make people smile. 
and I think that's what I was doing at a younger age. And I did that all throughout my teen years, and then a little bit in college, but due to my parents' like pressure and stuff, they're like, no, like focus on this computer science, engineering, go get a job, do this. Um, if you don't want to work for a company, then do a startup, make money through that way. And I guess all throughout that time, I was being nudged through to video by winning competitions and winning more money than I was earning mm. through video competitions. Mm. And on that side of winning money and also my the side of my parents, my dad in particular, pressuring me to like really just go work for a company and be stable with finances, I guess. Mm. That would in turn make me happy. Mm. But it wasn't until winning the Tourism Australia Best Job in the World competition was like the final nail on the coffin being like, you know what, Alan? This has been the biggest thing you've ever done in your life and the, the most amount of, I don't know, per se money I've won, but the opportunity at hand. And that was like saying, okay, it's now possible to create and to produce basically a piece of art that people will gladly pay money for and you can live like this for the rest of your life. And I've stuck on that kind of mindset ever since and that was about five years ago. It's amazing, man. I remember that competition going around. Thanks. It didn't have 250,000 people entered. Is it mm. bonkers. So the thing was, they had. this was the second time they ran it. So prior to that, it was like living on a tropical island. And yes. that was crazy. Lord Howe Island, wasn't it? Or was it? I think it was, it was um, in the Fred, Wet Sundays. Right. Hamilton Island. Yeah. And then, I think three years after, they ran it again. And this was where I came into play. But each state got a person uh, to showcase the... Like be it like Queensland, New South Wales, Northern Territory, Tasmania, all that stuff. Um, they each person got to represent them, and I won the NT. But through that, I've explored the whole of Australia, and it's mm. been fantastic. It's I just kept pushing on through, and there was five other winners. They're still continuing media and stuff like that. But I feel like I don't know. Maybe I just got really lucky uh, through what I was doing and really excelled. Amazing. So how do you feel like you can take it to the next level? Like what's what's on your drawing board for what's next for your next five years? Yeah. So the next next five years for me, uh, on a personal level, would be the development now, hopefully, uh, with Animal Planet doing a show on that with Amazing. Discovery. That would be unbelievable. That would wow. be really cool. What's the? Can you say what the concept there is? Or <laughs> no, you probably won't be able. To. Um, I, I think there's definitely going to be selfies involved. <laughs> <laughs> That's about all I could say. Yeah, great. But I don't know. That's like... It's in the pipe? It's all in the pipeline, yeah. Um, and I can just keep trying no matter what. But mm. I've pushed enough that I feel like... I feel pretty lucky, so fingers crossed. Great. Um, on, a, on an outward level, what I really need to do personally myself is grow a group and grow a community like I already have a community but I feel like I haven't fully tapped into them to like perform actions and actually take take action I guess into something that's more of value and worthwhile instead of like I'm not trying to sell them stuff I'm not I actually rarely sell anything um not trying to like make them I want to I want to do good that's basically I want them, I want to put them into action to do good and make them feel good about themselves mm. and learn from me. Mm. What what area of conservation is most charming to you, or like what, what is closest to your heart? It's definitely say? drizzling now. It's what? It's definitely drizzling. It now. is raining. How it? much? How much water can these take? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You can just put. I'll put my t-shirt over, and yeah. it'll be fine. And the cameras. 
Oh, oh the cameras are fine. It's just the mics, I feel. Oh, yeah, you reckon? I, I mean, I'm not sure. I don't know if the cameras are fine, are they? This, yeah, they're fine. Yeah. <laughs> this is good. This is like okay. a, a risky I, podcast. Yeah, man, I'm on edge. <laughs> <laughs> Extreme podcasting. Yeah, I think the mics are fine for now. If it starts... Well, what was your question again? Um, what area of conservation <laughs> is pulling your heartstrings the most? Hmm. That's a really good question. Thank you. Really good question. I took ages thinking about it. <laughs> um, what's pulling me the most? You know what it actually is? What a lot of people can't they can't fully relate to. I feel compared to like land mammals is the ocean, mm. um, because it's basically the living, breathing organism <gasps> that um, that keeps us alive, that keeps the animals alive. It's part of the food chain. So if that goes down, we all go down. And I feel like that's what we need to be focusing on right now. And there has been a huge push into like, like plastic eco recycling and non-single-use plastic. And I'm really happy where that's going. But I feel like I need to play my part in that mm, now too. Mm, mm. What? Because it's upsetting to think that we're, like more and more animals are going extinct all the time. That's that's to me the most fucked up thing. Like the, humans are knocking out species. The species that have taken millions of years or yeah. however long to come into formation, yeah. to come into these beautiful beings like the blue parrot that's just gone extinct, um, and it's just it's it's shocking that we are we are ending species. That's epic in fuckery. Yeah, it's single-handedly the worst thing. That and car- well, carbon emissions, everything. It's just one big terrible experiment. And to be honest, actually, Australia. Since European settlers have arrived, they've knocked out, they've put to extinction 30, either 48, 38 or 48 uh, species um, since arriving. Yeah, and some of them will be subcategories of species and stuff like that. And some, some even kangaroo species have gone extinct. Wow. Um, but, but since the single term kangaroo is still used, that's fine. Um, and also, what, uh, 20 prediction by 2048, there'll be no fish left in the sea? That's the prediction. What? So it's it's honestly about changing the livelihoods of the people that are fishing, or the people that are really that it's, are really taking it's it. It's absurd that it's more so focusing on like okay to find the difference. It's like okay, what were these people doing when there was lots of fish in the sea if they were fishing, and what are these people doing now when they're like like going to a point of extinction? And it's critical. And what will these people be doing when there are no fish in the sea? Mm. And that's what, by, by, if you, by equating the differences, that's where you'll find the solution, I feel. Okay. So what, 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 what's your guess at the solution? Um, well, right now, it's, it's kind of... It, it all varies, depends on location. But for one example I've seen, um, there's this resort. It's on an island called Bower Island, but... But it's the fishermen that are there were given a plot of land to, instead of go fishing, they would obviously farm and produce like vegetables and all the food there. Right. But those particular vegetables, obviously they could eat them, they could have a livelihood, but there's a local resort that are also completely eco-friendly, but the resort actually buys the food off of the farmers as well. So it's kind of like completely gets them out of the ocean and into farming. So it's education and new systems kind of thing. Yeah, down to the core of that. Yeah. Um, I feel well. That's one one example I can relate to. Because I, I mean, the, the the most obvious thing is like we all know the planet's going to be fine. Like it will bounce back. 
we're actually just fucking ourselves. Like we're fucking our species by being so dis- not in touch with our environment. So ultimately, we're going to we're going to fuck ourselves because there'll be no food left, or we'll you know we'll run the food systems off the cliff, and in the process, ruining a lot of things, which are beautiful, like animals mm-hmm. and and environment. But ultimately, this earth is far, far, far capable of continuing to exist. Oh, without us, yeah. Yeah. The best thing you can do is just not have a child. That's the, or just not be here. Because um, then you'll... Fuck, that got dark real quick. Then you'll instantly <laughs> stop consuming. You'll be consumption zero. Um, mm. But it's, it's how you look at it. There's optimistic people and pessimistic people. And if you give up now, that's... What's the point? Like, you yes. may as well keep fighting the good fight. And yep. there, was a, there was a very good quote I heard. It was at, oh, actually, Open Circles. And it was this what lady saying, um, like, it's, it's better to light one candle than curse the darkness. Say that one more time. It's better to light one candle than curse the darkness. Right. So light up instead of like... So just, just focus on that one little light compared to not actually acting on the darkness at all. Great. If you get me. I get it, yeah. yeah. Because it if you do it, you'll inspire another candle. You know? It's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I feel so. Yeah. So that's me. I'm just trying to smile my way to inspire. Do you find that challenging sometimes, though? Because the natural emotion that arises when we see this dissonance and, and, uh, and destruction, needless destruction, is anger and crossness. True. How, do you, process it? How do you personally process those emotions? Because I feel like through that anger and pain that you see, most of the time it's probably because the other person isn't as educated in knowing what they're doing or they don't know the full extent of the damage that they're doing another part could be that they're just plain ignorant and they don't they just really don't care but the only thing they care about is like putting food on the table for their family Mm. and i guess if you can see through that pain and kind of provide another way the interesting thing is what they're doing is a story in itself so if you can take what they're doing and change it to awareness then that's at least you've done some part mm. from their mm. bad. Mm. I don't know. That's how I, that's how I see stories. Mm. I think that's how all the media see stories. Mm. <laughs> but as long as you don't really let it affect you in that way. But through one person's pain, you can turn that into a positive by showing people what not to do. But from what you said then, it sounds like you, you aspire to understand or see what they're going through and understand their reality rather than just react to their reality yeah because we've all got we've all got that it's survival that's what it ultimately comes down to and if you can teach them otherwise I'm sure they would happily find another way to make money just mm-hmm. bitcoin blockchain <laughs> like I, but they're living, it's, it's like island life and there's not much resources, so they take what locally they can get, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but yeah, we all, we all have a part to play and be it just showcasing, making an example out of what's not, what, what we shouldn't do. Mm. You're, doing a, you're, you're a bright lighthouse for that. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> um, tell me what you, um, what is it? Oh, the question's gone my mind. I've lost my question. All good. All good. The rain's not coming. 
I've lost my question. My brain just went flat. <laughs> Did you not write them down? No, I, I never prepare. I'm not. Oh, you're just you're just a stand-up stand-up podcaster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're very unprofessional. Improv, love it. <laughs> Shit, man. I, it was a good question. <laughs> Motherfucker, conservation, conservation, conservation. I'm gonna have to just let it go. I don't want to let it go. <laughs> you're obviously a very present person. Do you, like you're present. There's some people at this that you meet in media and they've got a voice. I've I started to notice this recently. People that have a voice talk about themselves a lot and aren't great listeners. But you seem to maintain this capability to or embody this capability of actually being present and listening. So it feels like a two-way street. Then you know what I mean? Like, sorry, sorry, one second. Yeah. <laughs> I'm busy. Sorry. I just have, oh, I've got things to do. I've got things to do. No, go on. Sorry. Just joke. Motherfucker. So what I just said It was so beautiful. It was, rendered, it was poetry. It was rendered invalid. Yeah. It was poetry. Yeah, it was. It was beautiful. Just got to check my notifications. I'm busy. But do you find that? Like, I've been finding that recently and it's been bugging me a bit. Like, people that just... It's it's too much of a one-way ec- export situation. You mean like an echo chamber? Yeah, I think so. Song? I think they become an echo chamber because they're not listening to new ideas, so or new different ways of thinking. You know what I mean? Like too much of an advocate for their own worldview and just exporting that all the time. That, yeah, that, that, that doesn't bother you. You mean like being being like it's my way or no way, or being just not like, being open? I think being I want I want all the attention on me. I'm just I'm just ch- chucking out my ideas. But this, this, see, the thing is, you can only the wheel. Like what, what's the, what's that analogy? The wheel will only spin for so long before it dies. Or like, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> thank you. No, you know the way. Like, you can only you can only go for so long before the whole charade charade dies or whatever like yes. that. As opposed to like I feel like what I do there's substance and it gives me a purpose and people don't look at me as me they look at the substance right that's what I'm trying to do yeah I feel and a lot of the times people will be like oh we just want to see more of you and stuff like that which is cool and all but but purposeful for me I want to make create purposeful content and a purposeful message and that's what keeps me alive I guess and what keeps me going well, that's awesome to reflect on because that to me is probably the very thing that makes it not about you so much as, as much as it is about the substance. Well, you know what's easier? It, go, it all goes back to like place, play, playground rules. Mm. It's like, all right, you like a girl. Hey, hey, like my friend Johnny or whatever. Johnny, will you go and talk to that girl and say that I like her? Mm. So it's about being the third person. It's about, it's about the... Com- the teamwork that if if I'm fighting for something someone else will fight for it too so I'm better off talking about something than talking about myself and that's what will join people together in my mission because people bond over like a likelihood more so a hatred of something <laughs> Trump maybe for example <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I feel like it's easier to talk in that sense because then you do what do you just become nar- like you start going crazy and it's all about me and it's mm-hmm. selfie nar- narcissistic but the, but the thing is, man, you're playing in a pool of a lot of that. Social media is rife with that. So, but, like, 
there's so much of it that eventually it's going to sift through and everyone else will take notice the right people will find the right place like for example I would get constant bombardments of, of like production companies saying oh you should do a TV show you should do this of other social media people that are out there like it's cool I guess because of that wildlife substance and a cause that you're going for people can, more people can relate to it but it's when someone doesn't stand for anything and they're just like a online comedian or something maybe there's no there's no show in that maybe of course there's acting and drama and like kind of thriller style stuff mm. but there's I have no problem waking up every day and being super happy to continue pursuing what I'm doing because I'm not doing it for myself I'm doing it for the greater good mm, mm, and that's mm. what keeps me going mm. so I really don't have I don't see there's obstacles but I feel fine on tackling them mm. Do you think that, because a lot, a lot of people that are the most influential on social media are more narcissistic than they than, than of a good cause. Apart from like rare cases like Leonardo DiCaprio that all he does oh, on his Instagram yeah, yeah, yeah. is promote wildlife conservation <laughs> and environmental stuff. If only he was really good at creating content. Someone <laughs> yeah. else is creating that content for him. Are they? <laughs> of course, yeah. Uh, bro, I thought he was just like regramming basic stuff. <laughs> or maybe he is, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But... It's a, it's a rare thing for someone to have purpose and do super, super well, wouldn't you say? Steve Irwin's pretty good. Yeah, He yeah. was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I'm sure, like, there's huge people like that, like, purposeful in the food industry of, like, nutrition and gym and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Gym could be more narcissistic, I feel, mm-hmm. because it is really all about you. But nutrition, again, is actually all about you, internal health. But that's what people are striving for, to be healthy. Mm. And that's the message that you're pushing on health. Mm-hmm. And you basically can be an idol and an advocate for that. And I feel like as social media gets more and more saturated, the narcissistic people, maybe they'll always win because maybe people love them to hate. Yeah. But when it comes to true value and solid people like really looking to better themselves it comes down to the people that are educating the great young the minds of today and do you think that will there'll be an uprising of spiritual leaders could you say or more conscious leaders or more um purposeful influences yeah do you think that there's a wave of that coming because it's the narcissism's been saturated and people get react to it well yeah for sure because here's the thing just like just like the way the web went like and then we had web 2.0 and now I basically I think it's feel like it's on web 3.0 because of blockchain and stuff like that mm. um, influencers when they've been around like this whole social media stuff has only been going for the last five years or so and we're the first wave we're like we're the first generation to see that like what's going to happen 50 years from now when someone's like was a first generation influencer are they going to be 60 like coaching influencers <laughs> you know that's that's you become on a panel of coaches or something like that or a commentator yeah yeah um you don't know what the future holds but i feel like it's always evolving and as long as you don't stick and stay on top of the game and um kind of keep keep your true value then you won't fall down mm-hmm. do you think what would you do? would you be like Steve Irwin if you didn't have like what would your job be if Instagram went away tomorrow or social media went away tomorrow? Oh, that's a tough one. 
I should build up an email list. <laughs> <laughs> what about if, if every like, digital internet went down? Like, no TV shows, no media period. Oh, the world would end then. <laughs> <laughs> but what would be a hands-on job? You oh, trade? well, I'd still hang out with animals in my spare time. But obviously, you got to make a living, so... Get Polaroid photographs and then pin them up on Notisport, community no sports. <laughs> then the whole world would be screwed. Um, oh, yeah, a lot of people would be screwed. <laughs> <laughs> I, even you would oh, yeah. yeah definitely what would you do <laughs> talk at a corner of a street and preach no. <laughs> yeah. have a live podcast with people just have a conversation on the street and people can sit down and watch it I'd probably I'd probably I, I've always wanted You'd to be a ranger event. yeah no I, I reckon I'd get into nature like and just be a, be on the, a ranger of sorts that makes sense yeah, yeah. That makes sense. The only time I'm not working is when I don't have a camera. Right. Um, so, in that case, then there'd be no point in having a camera because you couldn't share anything. So, yeah, you would do some job that is hands-on, and I'd probably start off in some type of some type of wildlife area that would give me um, that gives back to me through me with my hands mm-hmm. through working. Mm. When was the last time you cried? Very recently, um, probably. What did I see? Oh yeah. So it was basically, I think it was about three weeks ago, and it was like I guess, like I'm watching a YouTube video. <laughs> I'm alone. Yeah, yeah. And I was researching for a video that I'm about to release, and it's basically why aren't we adopting dogs? Something along that lines. It's about, it's about the whole rescue shelter situation and then the poppy mill industry and i was taking examples of from the poppy mill industry and this is where they're like force breeding dogs to produce uh, puppies that then get sold in pet stores and online and all the kind of legalities behind that and i watched a rescue video and it was this dog and it really kind of shook me the the words that they said not the visuals well the visuals were quite stunning as well but it was the fact that like this dog had been born in a cage lived it lived there for its entire life had that was its perception of reality just being in a cage producing more puppies giving birth it had no fur it went blind that's number two and it uh, had no name so it basically was nothing and had a very bad reality so when you when it when it when it was kind of combined through that text and imagery and visual and it was a shock to me I was like whoa it's basically you don't know what you're living for and you don't know if this is hell or if this is just normal that kind of stuff disgusting isn't it yeah so you've really kind of put a bad tone on this podcast now (laughs) you did no no I lured you in no you're right I did yeah so I kind of I actually shed a tear then yeah I was like whoa that's crazy I never thought about that because we go, through our, we go through our lives being like meeting new people. Hi, what's your name? Nice to meet you. Mm. And for this, this entity, this dog, to not have a name, to never be petted and never know what it's like to live outside of that. And that was it experience. That's mm-hmm. what... It basically thought it probably lived in hell in comparison to how we live. Right. Oh, and it absolutely did. It's, I think. Have you seen that video or the film documentary Earthlings? No, I haven't. Yeah, that made that made me. That was super upset. And same thing, like pigs, they get the exact same treatment, but by the by the millions, you know, be, just 
just don't move, breed. The bait, the pigs, just like it's just thought, but kind of a bit more savage in the sense that the animals that they're producing just get slaughtered. It's not even they're not even producing life that goes off and has a jolly existence. There was a real new. I saw just two days ago. It was an article, and it was like basically breathing that actual meat protein just as it is, basically a chicken breast in the lab, and uh, the results look pretty good. Or make it making it. Yeah, just in, making in a pure chicken breast that's basically still alive. What? And but that's not. It's not. Well, it's it's just biologically alive. But um. Oh, I, they can make it in a petri dish. Something like that. Yeah. Whoa. They have to reduce costs, of course, but it's not. Um. That's I, did, I didn't positive. Fully, that's a candle light <laughs> to my darkness. I didn't fully read into it, but yeah, I think it's going to be like in the next in the next year, two years, there'll be non-eco-slaughtered or something like that I forget the term for it but it was like non-live slaughtered meat I don't understand what that is so non-slaughtered meat isn't it just like the synthetically made meat something like that yeah, yeah, yeah but it's yeah. through the biological chemical process of whatever the protein build up so it's, it hasn't got a nervous system it's not they're not making a part a component of an animal Listeners should probably Google this because we're talking <laughs> awful. But no, that is exactly what I read. It was on the BBC, so yeah. by all means, go. Yeah, look, yeah, yeah. There is there are details. some great there are some great alternatives like Impossible Burgers in the States are really good alternative. Yeah, but I feel like once once those options keep popping up and appearing, and if the taste is greater and the the actual nutritional. Um, return is better I feel like people will eventually go over it's like um, it's like Tesla yeah it's exactly like that it was because you can't it's like the best way of solving a problem is by off, is just by offering a better solution you can't solve a problem until you offer a better solution for people to go over to that mm, instead mm, of mm. Um, trying to solve mm. this terrible mess well you're a great solution to the problem of <laughs> people fucking the planet <laughs> well, uh, I don't know if I'm a solution. I'm just this uh, candle. This, this, yeah, this single candle trying to flicker in the wind and set a thing, few things on fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, it's been an absolute pleasure getting a bit inside your reality, hearing what you what you care about and why you're doing what you do. Because I think that's that's really all that matters. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. And and it's 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 a privilege to hear about it firsthand. So thank you. Thank awesome. You thank you so it. much for having me. <laughs> Luckily we didn't get attacked by the rain. <laughs> yeah. Just a drizzle. A risky podcast. <laughs> <laughs>